0: All right, here we are, nice podcast. Uh, to match sound, here's the clap. Okay, cool. All right, sweet
1: tits. Cool, cool. Everything is copacetic. Welcome back to Basic Concepts Podcast. Uh, perfect podcast whenever. To be honest, we're up to episode 49. Um, I don't know uh are counting keep keeping count uh, but this is where we're at now and and we're gonna have to figure out something to do special for the fiftieth anniversary so you let me know that uh, see if you can make it work. I don't want one of my audio sounds audio audio like check like check audio audio mic check mic check. Yeah. For one second. Mhm. And audio track. Check, check, check. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I'll
0: fuck with this. I had too much going on in the last, in the last. One. Yeah. All right, and we're rolling again. Cool. Audio's rolling on my end. All
1: right. Take two million thousand times
0: mm-hmm. <sighs> welcome to the basic
1: basic concept podcast perfect podcast whenever uh, we're on episode 49 it's a special episode um, before we get into it uh, some housekeeping uh, the ganja ninja channel is is rolling it's rolling in the green so make sure you go over there you can probably click on the thing somewhere or another here and uh, also my patreon if you're trying to learn some of the tips and tricks of the things of the trade whether it be marketing, production, or all the other best, check out my Patreon. Also, I do uh, own birth chart readings, so maybe I can read your birth chart. Uh, you can go ahead and check out the Patreon, all the links to that below, and the donations tab, because this is not possible without viewers like you donating to my podcast. Okay, so today's episode is a very special episode uh, to me because it's guessed that. I decided to invite and i don't invite guests like that i'm not that cool you know and it's like you invite a guest and like you know for what you know it's like you you gotta have a reason you know i i had co-hosts and that was cool but this is especially because today we're going to be giving some very interesting topics very interesting subjects so uh live and direct from uh Broadcast from New York, man? Is this is New York? Yeah, we in Brooklyn. New York City? Yeah. <laughs> live, live and direct from New York, I bring to you, uh, uh Moran Eggstaff. Now, Moran, uh, just to let you know, he's a good buddy of mine. We have, uh, a few projects that we've, like, dabbled together in school, but uh, I met Moran in school, photo school, um, and he's definitely more of a, of a photo aficionado than I am. Um, and to be honest, this dude is one of the main reasons why I I probably made it through a lot of my classes that were very, very pivotal. Um, but that being said, he's taken his photo career to a level in depth that I would have never even imagined going to photo school and he's representing in a way that is the reason why we're friends. So I'm very happy to have him, around. Thank you for joining us on the Basic Podcast for Never.
0: Thanks for having me, Doug. Happy to be here.
1: Um, no, I I didn't want to list your, uh, your like, what do you call it? Do you call it discography? Like, oh yeah,
0: yeah, discography. That's a good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, your discography is deep, man. It's like it's almost to the point now where you just—it's almost like I'm I'm worried that. Jobs that are too cool, are just like not even cool enough for you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll name drop. There's Billy Eilish out there. That's one, right? But then there's like one out of a million. How many people do you think you photographed up to this up to this point, like celebrity or otherwise, like for jobs
0: and things? Uh, I mean, in terms of commissions, definitely more than I can count for sure. But um, you know, know, some people are more memorable than others too. So it's kind of hey,
1: it, it'd be like that. And I think we're gonna get into that. That's pretty funny. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the difference now versus when you were doing, excuse me I was like, Get the fuck out. Bye. Goodbye. Um, uh, talk to me about the difference between now and when you were in school. When we were in RIT, I mean, I, I remember the first thing I wanted to do when I left RIT was stop taking photos. So talk to me hmm. about your experience, with the photo game and how you felt about it and, and what it's become now and, like where you're at and what the difference main difference is
0: um yeah i mean i think that so i graduated college at 21 right so it's at least i, I was 21 i graduated um it was i think super scary in a lot of ways just because you don't actually have any rule books there's no like you get hired here and then yeah. uh and then that's just how it keeps moving right there's no ladder in that way um yeah. and also just like not seeing that many people look like me in the industry i think like made it kind of confusing yeah. you don't have any big homies that you kind of talk to and you know over the years i've definitely met people who have huge influence on me in terms of like showing me a lot of things i need to know but definitely was scary to start cuz you just don't know is like a you know as a african kid from seattle i didn't really have any idea how the shit moved um, yeah. whereas like now i think that is a lot more uh effort to kind of try to have a lot of different perspectives in the industry of uh, more of an i wouldn't say good amount just there is more um so yeah. i think they like i feel more comfortable now in terms of like there's space there's space for me to operate over the years and just like actually do my thing in my perspective and not worry about yeah. fitting into some sort of box that ain't me it's
1: crazy to think we like graduated 2011 Shits literally a fucking decade ago, dog. Yeah, dog. It's like some time. Um, what talk to me a little bit more, you just said um like the role models. I know I have a lot of artists view my show and a lot of people that are like trying to find their way on an independent level. What have you found has been your best I guess I want to say resource or tool, but what have you found as far as technique on teaching yourself if you didn't have a role model and you need to be something figured out? Are you just the YouTube baby?
0: Oh, I feel that. Um I'm a big I mean, I'm almost I, I I think only i I've actually only recently really embraced YouTube. I'm like really realizing what it can do. Um, I think for a long time I know it's mad funny. I just I'm just <laughs> Yo, an old man it's about all
1: the cheap it. Up, bro. <laughs> it's mad.
0: But I'm I'm a a mostly because I'm a, I feel like I'm a physical learner. Like, I need someone to show me how to do something. So, but then the way that translates with something like photography, where you can't necessarily do that always, is like, I'm just not scared to ask people questions. Like, I just, if I know you, and you're my peer, or my, even like someone who's older, maybe, or more experienced, like, I don't, I'm just not scared to ask people questions. I think it's always been a part of me. And I make it very clear that's like, it's not about like taking, like, oh, I want to take what you have. And I think a lot of people have this weird fear of that. But I think for me, it's more like, I've set that tone of, oh, you ever needed a question answered? Why would I not answer it for you? And I hope that you would return that. And I think that I've kind of set that tone with a lot of people um, over the years. So it's just like, I've always just like, if I have a question, I go through the Rolodex in my head of peers and community or whatever. And be like, you know, phone call, text, email. Hey, I was just thinking about this thing. Like, I feel like you could explain this better to me. I think I'm not really grasping it. And I'm always just feel like I've just, I've tried to make it clear. I would do that for other people. And, so I think that it's made a good relationship for me in that way so I can answer hella questions.
1: No, no, that's that's, that's pretty dope. I think that's a, uh, I, I would say it's a very Seattle, Seattle thing for you to do. But you know, it's funny, I find myself, even in the music industry, trying to like approach, have that approach. Especially when I was like living in Brooklyn, like with the industry. And I think different industries respond differently to that. And I mean, I'm glad that that has clicked in one word I get hella frustrated when I'm like, yo, I'm trying to help you, man. Yeah. So, um, pull myself forward you put yourself out and then there's like that i i would wonder if it's
0: like that i mean it's human nature i kind of know what it is it human nature or is it like industry specific um no i think
1: there's a human nature aspect oh, I don't, but, we don't fuck, we keep
0: it clicky yeah i think that it's a myth right so i wouldn't necessarily even not i wouldn't necessarily say only just human nature but i think it's like not oh. to get not to get this way but like almost a like capitalistic nature of like ip property and it's mine and i don't want to give it up to anyone right like so it's like i think a lot of people i think the biggest so for example this guy all right so i used to work uh for this photographer and we were on a job once and i think was like the ultimate example that just like set the tone of how i approach information and sharing information it was like he we got on this job it's a pretty big job and he tells like the art director or whatever like hey by the way Moran's a really good photographer like you should hire literally it was just like hire him he's fucking good like you should fuck with this kid and after the job I was like hey man like you know it was just kind of it wasn't awkward for me but it was more like wow like you know I, like you're just trying to set me up to compete almost right like you're I potentially could take a job for me right like yeah. And he said, "The fucking the bomb, the best fucking bomb you could drop on somebody." He was like, "I got." he's like, "I got like, ten years in the game over you." If I'm worried about someone who just got here taking things from me, like I'm not good enough. Like I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't worry about what someone who's that far behind me is gonna catch up to. What the fuck? You always help the younger homies because they're not. You're a bum if you can't stay ahead.
1: <laughs> That's a very mature way to look at it, man. See. But I agree with it reason, yo, but I admire you because it's like am I even you for keeping a uh, heavy duty circle it takes a real person in your circle with someone you work with to take that to down for you and tell you that uh, I'll let you know that man um, I just think sure. I just
0: think like not to harp on this too long but I just feel like if I share resources with people uh-huh. I don't have a problem with it because that's confidence that I'm good as fuck at what I do yeah you know what I mean? But, uh, but we, can, we can
1: get into the Instagram side of
0: things.
1: Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talk about like your, in your career when you felt like your first big break was. Or when it was. I said when you felt like. When did you feel when you had to give me like, oh shit? <laughs> uh,
0: man, I mean, as soon as my bills were getting paid by this shit, I felt fucking ah! blessed. <laughs> That's it. I, I have a very low bar of like
1: yes, hey man keep it grateful keep it grateful That's yeah like. this is um,
0: literally um, literally just like i don't i can't because i can't chalk it up to a certain job because the thing is like when you a lot of you know i'll very openly admit like a lot of the times the more uh noticeable jobs like celebrities or whatever they don't necessarily pay that well right so it's like when people are kind of like oh you shot all these celebrities are all these things i'm just like yeah well i'm it's a uh, career um or culturally accomplishment sure but it doesn't necessarily mean i feel successful I, I think i have to as a business right so there's two things like people are seeing the creative outlet but it's also a business so like i can't sit here and say i felt successful at x y and z if i didn't as a business feel like i was profiting that high right so it's like resting
1: on those like laurels kind of thing because you've got the names and the discography isn't necessarily
0: right it's like you have to are you running a you know listen i'm not somebody who wants a big nice thing but it's like more like if i once i'm like as a business model feel like this is like somewhere that it's like peaked then i'll be like i'm i'm a Big shit. You know what I mean? Like, not to make it all about money, but it's like it's a it is hey, ultimately business. That though I,
1: it's a, that's a very, again a mature way to look at the whole situation, man. Not many people bring this perspective to anything. And mm-hmm. you know, this is like a lot of special, when it comes to creative stuff. It's like people are always trying to hit that orgasmic mark. And uh, I mean, shoot, I'm sure as fuck if if I even tried to wrap my mind around photography, mm-hmm. I would be so like spiritually and just like I, t- I tend to get in the music industry where it's like we try to hit the market anymore,
0: yeah. but I'm trying to I'm trying to live my m- success to me is more Chad Hugo than Pharrell like I'm trying to like just be rich in the cut <laughs> than more the
1: scenes, you know what I right? mean
0: like I'm not worried about people knowing who I am or seeing me out here like that I like fucking moving and if you know about it you know about it
1: I feel that so then tell me who uh who is or has been your favorite person to shoot or your favorite experience? Like, what would be the most uplifting? Maybe it's the most inspiring. What's mm. been the, what the greatest to shoot?
0: Man, that's hard.
1: I mean, you probably have a bunch of fucking stories. I fucking remember shooting off in and Yeah. I always love when you get that for, the, for the random jobs because it's, like, cool. It's cool because you. it means you respect my photo skill. Yeah, yeah, and
0: definitely.
1: Because, like, that's what's up. <laughs> also, just, like, yeah, I think... I remember going to...
0: I just feel like, uh, yeah, that famous deck she was actually... I would say that it was a hell of a fun shoot. That was a good time. I mean, we chased him through Times Square, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say, Man, I don't know. That's tough. I think I had a nice afternoon with uh, Lakeith Stanfield, the dude, a homie yeah. from Atlanta. Okay. Um, I, I did a job shooting him, and I think he was just like... It's interesting to see someone who plays these very eccentric characters in person, and like just gonna interact with them and have a casual conversation. That that was yeah. probably like one of the more let me put it like, less about my favorite shoot, but the most memorable of like interaction with someone that you otherwise wouldn't. I am
1: um, uh, would, not gonna put you on the uh, on the spot and ask you who, who was the toughest game, but I, I would ask you what is the hard part about doing photography gigs especially well whether you're dealing with celebrity or you're dealing with i know like there's deadlines it's like uh, oh sure yeah. stuff gotta bring gotta be prepared but you know when you're dealing with people what's been the what's been the hardest part about
0: it i think the hardest part is um well i'll give you two answers one is more literal in terms of photography um it's really hard to photograph people when they're always on their phone first of all like, I think, no, but it is, but it's, be- and I say that more than just a literal sense of looking at your phone, but like everything, like I photographed someone the other day who like in between every photo shoot, and as soon, anytime my camera went down and I like was changing lenses or something, they were like Instagramming the day, you know? And it's just like, there's just like, everyone's just stepped up a notch in terms of controlling their look. And I think that that kind of just makes for, like, like it. I'm not somebody who looks to make photos of people that are, like, oh, this is what they're actually like. Like, I don't really think of it that way. It's more so just, like, there's still a disconnect to the day if, like, you're on your phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so, you I think... Feel that way you're saying? What do you say?
1: You're saying you feel like someone is disconnected from the day when they
0: do that? Yeah, I just think that it's, like, there's kind of this disconnect to the day of not even a day whatever 10 minutes i have with them or whatever but your experience it's like you're not
1: even there for the photo shoot yeah
0: and it's like and if they are it's like it's like these spurts of uh okay i'm ready to look the way i want to look and then i kind of go back to my phone and then that fucking thing yeah dude so i think as a photographer (laughs) it becomes uh particularly people it becomes and that's not necessarily that's not necessarily only celebrities right like that's that's plenty of people. That's not all of us. So it's it's not just a celebrity thing. Obviously, it's more when someone has like ten million followers, whatever the fucking number they have on their yeah. social media following. But um, just that weird awareness of brand is super weird. Is just odd.
1: I can imagine, man. Yo, I remember um, a year or so after I graduated, and I was like in New York looking for gigs and I uh, came across my old NYU program where I was learning multimedia.
0: Mm-hmm. I oh, I remember that.
1: Heard thinking like, you know, I, I set up the curriculum and I remember even teaching a, a class and I was like, all right, we're gonna do a portrait assignment. You know, you got the week to do it. They come back after a week. I was like, take 25 photos of, uh, you know, at least two or three people. Like, you know, get some numbers. Like, yo, when mm-hmm, I was in mm-hmm. school, and right, opposite, yeah,
0: old man style
1: at least 500 photos, and it's not like they you not even look at it. You have to submit the whole contact, like show the mm-hmm. put And so, I told the kids to take photos, for portraits, and they were like, Can we do self portraits? And I said, Yo, to be honest, you can if you get creative. And they said, Can we do selfies? And I was just like, My heart, like, was just it, it, it went cold, man, because I was just like, They were. Handed cameras, like cameras, like like actual Nikon DSLR cameras, and they wanted to point them at themselves and do that. And it and it shows like the narrative. I don't want to say, well, photographers used to take photos of a story and tell something, you know, through the person they're engaged with, but man, it seems like with this everybody has a camera thing, everybody's narrative a possibility. So it it like makes this odd taking of the photo. This weird third party. It, ma- it makes this like extra person in the room. I think that's the social media or the cell phone kind of thing puts like this. I make the double U kind of. It makes like another U. The like, yeah. You and then what people. What your eyes want to see what you want people to see through your eyes or some shit. It's very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's really a double-edged sword, right? Because I think that, particularly in the history of photography, um, people didn't really get to control their narrative so now the subject, the the photo, what did you say the subject
1: the person in the photo.
0: yeah the person in the photo they didn't necessarily get to control their narrative uh especially when you know like photography probably was a high buy-in point at some point in history to you know in terms of a lot of different times in history and now you have people who can control their narrative but i think the thing that's really scary is you have it's like a like, people, there's people who become really good at it, right? The people like mm. Kim Kardashian or whatever, they become really good at controlling their narrative. and Which isn't necessarily an eye-roll thing to me. Like, I think that there is something to be said about someone who, know, like, it is a skill set, right? Like, it's, it's, like, to know how to control your narrative. And, outside of selling things, like, just, like, this, sure. like, idea there's of, like, I can create can a story. Like, oh. It's because you are creating a story. And yeah. there's something to be said about that. But the thing is, you have, just like any other flood of information, when there's lots of, when there's a masterclass of something so publicly shown there's people who kind of break it down into the way they think it should work and then it just becomes more and more toxic right like it's just like really fucking scary it's
1: uh, like so many like rules like what he said and what he said yeah like, right Man. it's a game of
0: telephone in that way for sure like it's like people yeah it's weird i mean i think that you know the, like the fact that i mean as a musician this is uh i have uh, friends who are writers and something i've seen them kind of tweet about or tell me in person is like they'll get an email with like a musician's uh you know promo email you know like hey check out my music whatever which they'll check first of all like right like they're like oh i like new music's my job but then the person links their instagram you click on instagram is just selfies and like them with whatever their brand is with literally no link to me like there's no music involved right. it's just like yeah no
1: for sure that shit's yeah
0: so, which I also as a fan have like someone is like oh check out so and so's music and I click on their Instagram and I'm like I, I there's only like a five second clip with you smoking a blunt like I don't know yeah. what this song is yeah, you know. um, oh, but that last album was or what the fuck yeah like this it's like the the brand comes first, yeah no. um,
1: um let me uh excuse me one second let me just double check make sure my camera's rolling
0: yep I don't
1: trust the phone's bro.
0: I feel that I'm like checking my audio constantly because I'm worried it's like gonna cut.
1: So, now one of the bigger reasons that I invited you here today, which I think is very interesting, what I've kind of been watching develop, I think what I've what I've spoken up a little bit about before, is the Nipsey Hustle situation. Mm-hmm. Now, you, in my opinion, I mean, just as far as from what I seen, it's not hard to see. I mean, it, it seems <clears> like you, you have one of the most used and reproduced portraits of Nipsey Hustle, like, uh, that has been shown up on the internet, on Instagram, on, like, in many, many places. I, would you agree?
0: I mean, yeah, it's, I... For those, for the first like month, it even still trickles in now But the first like month or so, people were just constantly sending me pictures, tattoos, shirt, whatever tattoos, the fuck. Dude, so, what many, too, like, so many, so <laughs> many. I think Rick, I think I think Rick Ross has it tattooed on him.
1: That's hilarious. He also has that
0: printed on his elevator, which I'm trying to figure out how that.
1: Oh, you talk to him about that? Like what? Oh, he he left
0: me on red, so now I gotta. I got to. Uh, oh man! So
1: it's okay. So we got a lot. We got a lot to unpack with this. Um, do you do you mind if I wake and make while we do this? Cause this, I want I want to hear the story.
0: Oh yeah, no, go for it. Um, you're you're. I can't see you. I don't know if. Oh, is my camera jammed up? Yeah, I don't know we if there's something. Like here, that. let's see. Uh, you. Can you see me? Um, Oh, there you go, it came back there.
1: Nice, now on full screen, there you go, perfect. Okay, cool, so talk to me about the photo shoot in and of itself and your experience with that like work or anything i don't know how long that was but talk to me a little bit about, about a meeting about the photo shoot you can stand out. what was your experience with
0: that um you know it's funny a lot of, not a lot a good amount of people have asked me like how was the shoot And i think it's like such so an interesting question not to imply it's a bad question but it's an interesting question because it's like it was a very normal-ass moment because no one thought someone was going to fucking die. You know what I mean? Like, it was very, like, professional. I don't know, like, I'm a fan of his music. I was excited to make that photo, so I really thought out how I was going to shoot it. Um, but then the day, I only got five or ten minutes with him. I, you know I, you know what I mean? Like, I have, I have a like, a necklace of Eritrean on I'm like, hey, I, as Eritrean, it's, like, dope to meet you. And, like,
1: you know, it was just, like, it was very
0: form- formal. Like, I don't think anything... Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, this, like brothers meet for the first time as right, like you know. yeah like
1: a boy, you know what i mean You didn't, didn't leave nothing like that
0: and i think that as humans you know as we should we kind of romanticize anything and everything when someone passes away but it was a very mm. professional ass moment like it was like hey man i'm just excited to shoot this nice to meet you five ten minutes the pr people walked them out and that was that mm-hmm. you know.
1: Well, he's on his phone, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Actually, yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably.
1: Um, well, shoot. So, you being your and having this whole thing go down, how has your opinion developed from when it happened to now that it's like nobody really talks about it much anymore?
0: I mean, I still get like random. I got an email like yesterday, someone asking for a print. It's just like, I think people are still... I think just because the mainstream media cycle leaves something behind, it kind of, there's still people on it. Not to imply it's as strong, clearly. Like, it's not as many people are talking about it. But um, I think there's still a lot of people who are affected by it. Um, But it's, I mean, it's been weird. I think that the weirdest part is watching people want to monetize it. That's okay. been like. Talk that,
1: to me about that. Talk to me about the fair use. How's that been?
0: How the what? Sorry. Fine? Talk to
1: me about the fair use and how, the, how that's been and how that's affected
0: the, the situation. I mean, I think it's just like you come across these websites that are like making paintings of my foot. It's just, there's it two side. Like, so I have friends who are like, yo, you need a lawyer up. You need to like, da da da. And I'm just like, listen, it's some random fucking t shirt company from fucking the Midwest wants to make 500 bucks off of someone's desk? It's like, I don't even want to So okay. think about it. So interesting. So, so let me, I'm going to clear up
1: really quick for, for people listening. If they're not a hundred percent keen on what the situation is. So Ron has taken, he did a photo series and it's, it's one of the most crucial photo series out of Nipsey Hussle. Um, but it's also been one of the most reproduced and you see it, you see it a lot everywhere. And as a photographer, similar in, in the music industry, there's, uh, I feel, a level of, if not props or big ups that you may want for your photo, maybe you want paint, Maybe there's a maybe you know the intellectual property situation you created it's yours. Like, what? How, explain how that works in the photo industry, though. Explain to the audience how it works when you're on Instagram and people can screenshot. Didn't you have a? I don't want to put you on the bubble bubble, but didn't you have a situation with like Quavo, for example, or one? I don't may not be Quavo. One of
0: the one of the. Oh movies. yeah, Quavo posted my picture and did that was so. The thing is, is Quavo posted my picture, but didn't. None of these, ra- I mean, none of these fucking rappers do. But like, he didn't, uh, he didn't like at me, like you know, say like it was my photo. He just posted it. Um, but it's
1: even worse than not trying to hit somebody up and, and, and throw them
0: something. Well, that's my thing. Is this right? It's like I don't care about the clout. What I care about is like Sony or somebody seeing that picture and then hiring me to shoot something. Like it's not. I don't yeah. care about followers. I care about people with money seeing that who could hire me for no. bigger jobs. For me, I don't give a think fuck about. That was
1: about. the case as well with the uh, the Nipsey Hustle photo.
0: No, so the Nipsey Hustle thing though is, I mean, I shot it for BET, and that told they totally have been great about credit and acknowledging me as a creator with that. Um, the thing is, right, like at the end of the day, with IP, is like for me, this is you know, I'm not speaking necessarily fully legally. It's just like my approach is sure, like sure. the only yeah, reason. Yeah. The this only time I would not a perfect podcast. right, right, right. <laughs> my only yeah, my um. My look is if you're making money off of it, that's sketch. So it's like if you post it on your social media and don't at me, you're just, just, you're just a dickhead. But it's like yeah. if you're making a T-shirt out of my photo, it's like hold on, mm. are you running a business off of my content? You know, it's like that's weird. I uh, I,
1: I saw that you uh, you did a post. I was very, and I love when, when my homies get open to on the internet when they start talking about their feelings and shit, especially you like was like, just talk about it um, you, were, you were talking about your the situation affected you um, especially the night of the I think it was Saturday Night Live when they had the John Legend performance with
0: <laughs> yeah, that shit was everywhere and, on it. and,
1: and it was on his, on his shirt did that, does, does this I guess it's hard I, 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 I'm an empathetic dude and I already know how you could possibly be feeling, but like you're torn. Am I, am I correct? Is it like, uh, Is it, how does this affect you as an Eritrean black dude in America? And like before we get into the, like the shooting part of it, but like yeah. seeing that, how does that like affect you as far as the industry? Does that like bum you out? Does that mean you wanna work harder?
0: Yeah, I mean there's a whole different, you know, there's a whole lot of feelings, um, or rather layers of feelings. I think that um, specifically as Eritrean, um, so many people from the diaspora reached out to me. I'm talking about from, like, all over the world and oh. via DMs and stuff and just being, like, like, thank you, essentially, right? Is like, the sense of, wow, we... Because it's not a big country, right? So, like, it's, like, the fact that here's one of the few iconic Eritreans on a global sense Uh was photographed iconically by another Eritrean. I think oh. as a a diaspora that's already not that big or acknowledged, um, people were just excited. And I think that filled me with a lot of pride. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I don't wanna say that felt good because it's sad, but it felt me, made pride. I think pride is the right, you know, like I'm proud that people that I can represent, right, for my people and what that meant for everybody. But then on the other side of that, um uh, uh, gun violence has always been a huge issue, not only for Black community but also a lot of the Eritrean communities. Just like in general, like Black people across this country. So like there was this. It it almost felt like out uh, like like one of those like dark genie wishes type situation where oh, someone's I like, wish, yeah, like oh, do you want a picture of yours to span the world and everyone, you know what I mean? And then for it to be an image that involves, you know, arguably. The scariest and saddest thing that could happen to a community uh, was really hard for me. I didn't. I you know I had people. A lot of people kind of would text me or DM me or whatever, be like, "Oh, congrats!" or like, you know, mean like some sort of congratulatory statement. Which I don't. I don't blame them. Like I get it. I get the idea of like, "Wow, you you know." I get it. But like to me, it also is like, "Don't someone died?" Like I don't feel good. I I'm I'm happy. I'm proud that I could represent. But I'm not this isn't a congrats moment for me. Like, I'm not happy. Uh, I'm not happy. I'm happy that this uh, photo is viral, you know? You know, and that's also why I never, I didn't really chase, chase. I think I, you know, they don't call me stupid for it if they want, but like, I didn't really chase like monetary, monitor. like I just kind of had this feeling, weird relationship of just, and you know, don't get me wrong, it's not like Nike put this shit on a billboard, it was mostly just like, scumbags who are trying to, re- I mean, I don't want to call you a scumbag, but, like, people who, are like, right after this guy die are trying to make sellable art. I'm just kind of, like, I don't Flip even... Flip in the
1: moment. It's, yo, know, it's a reactive, definitely yeah. a reactive game for
0: sure. I, don't I know. Definitely. You know, if you're donating, if you're do- you know, I haven't, for example, I haven't made prints to sell, mostly because I reached out to a couple of his organizations, and I hadn't heard back from them, so I'm just, like, kind of trying to find people to give that, I wouldn't want that money, like, I just think that when someone dies... The way we can consume them after is really scary. Um, I think he also represents, for a lot of people in the Havisha community, um, what a way out looked like. And so when he died, I think it was like, it was kind of a scenario where I think people kind of could feel like, oh, fuck, if he can't get out. How do I... Like, well, why would I even try to get to that situation? I don't know if it's a... Why would I even try? But, like, fuck, he can't even get... You know, so it says no. That was my first... I mean, when I found out he died... Like, the fact that... So, I, I, I was actually on a plane to Japan when the news broke. And I landed. And my phone went chaotic. Like, my phone just fucking fried. Like, it was just, like, hundreds of text yeah. DMs, all this shit, whatever, right? and the saddest part the saddest fucking craziest part was I think it was a text from my, I always kind of you know when you land on a plane you have a bunch of texts like I always just kind of read family for, you know I see my mom or my brother you know I, I read my family texts first <laughs> um, and my brother says I'm like yo they like Nipsey's fucking you know so he says something but he didn't say how he died and the saddest fucking part is I knew how he died no one told me I didn't the fact that I already knew how healthy Thirty-something-year-old man would die. Just that's fucked up. You know. Um, what, I mean? uh, what do you think? Um,
1: you know, and before we go any further, all, all all due respect on on this man's name. This is this is not. I don't want to make this like a, a too much of a, a what do you think situation. Um, but you had said. You knew automatically, or you knew instinctively, how he died. How do you think his death plays into the narrative? Like, in a sense of, it, it, it made sense, but it didn't make sense. And what do you? I guess my—I don't want to—I don't want to get too conspiracy with it. I, my question to you is: What did you take
0: from this, or what do you take from this? regards to the like, black community in regards like what can we do or what should we do, like how can this kind of thing be prevented if it can? I don't know if you if you think it can. Well it's not a matter of if it can, it's a matter of what it takes to do it. And I don't think there's I think there's a conscious effort to prevent that being achieved. You know, I think there's a blatant, obvious conscious effort to keep violence on the streets of America. Um but in terms of him, I don't, I mean, it's, he did everything right. You know, it's just like product of what. So you don't, so, you're,
1: so you don't think this is a death from above situation? You think this is
0: pretty much a, uh, a dumb street? Well, what, it depends, death from above. It depends if you consider it death from above. Like, I think it's a systemic issue of this country that caused it. So I do believe it's a death from above because mm-hmm. it's something that this country fucking, an environment this country created, yeah. right? Hey, man, I'm about to.
1: Hey, I feel that. Son. Even if it's on the streets, it's still a problem. That's I not that.
0: this is not a microchasm of culture. This is fucking something this country actively creates and continues. Wow. So it's not, you know, the, the, the dude who even shot and killed him, is like that man is a byproduct of a broken country and system. You know what I mean? Yeah, to no. me, that's how I look at it. No, I do um, that. So... I don't.
1: So I don't. then, so then I get no, no respect. So then, what would you? Um, I and we to kind of close this out on this. Um, and this this isn't necessarily having to be related to the Nipsey Hussle situation in and of itself. What would you change, if anything, if you could and you had the ability to, and you know we can set some resources up? for What would you change about the photo community? To, I mean, like, dare I say the the black community or the hip hop community? or, or the, the young American community, but start with photo. What would you change about the photo community to to kind of address some of the, the pitfalls that you've fallen into? And, and and how would you like, what is the takeaway from this? Or what have you taken away mostly from this?
0: Um, well, I guess it's two different. I'll start with the first one. Yeah, I it's think, a lot of questions. No, you're good. Um, I think the most helpful, and I'm, I'm very, anyone who knows me, I got my receipts run long and Detailed, um, I'm a big believer in just transparency, particularly people who don't have much experience in your industry or whatever. Like, transparency is the answer. I think most people don't know how to ask a question, or even know what questions to ask. So, if you're transparent in your process, openly, I think people can learn a lot. Um, it's really good for, oh, for everybody. For everyone, or, you know, what's yeah. the, the rising tides raise all ships or whatever. And I think that a lot of is that the phrase? I don't It's a white uh, it phrase. I don't know. Fucking makes sense to me. Um, It's fucking a Caucasian <laughs> phrase that I've picked up over the years. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, again, this kind of t- goes back to the brand thing. I think a lot of people's brand is to be like for the people, like their brand is, but they don't actually show what they, how or when or where or how they do it. Um, okay. And then it, and so I, I think the most effective thing and this isn't just the arts is any you know whether music or whatever it's like instead of, instead of telling people you can do it too right mm-hmm. it's hey do you have a question how to do this right I think a lot of people spend a lot of energy being like look at me and my successes uh, you can, you can, can do, do it too you from the same place I am that's some bootstrap shit to me like I don't what are you saying dog like you don't you're not saying anything or doing anything like leave that Avenue open Like say Okay Someone has a question And now there's people Who have You know if Rick Ross did that He would have a DM With 6,000 Mixtapes yeah. A second So I, it's not, I'm not saying It's like As simple as that But I think It's just like Just transparency in Business Like I would love to see Some rapper Who just signed A new uh, um, Like maybe um, Sponsor dealer Or something Like Yo This is how This just played out Just so you guys know Instead of me, and Nike, about to collab, like, you know, like, yeah. it's like, no, but like, yo, this is yeah. what just fucking happened, like, this is how this conversation, my agent talked, this type of, even just, like, just letting people know all the moving parts of how something happened. I feel that. And what's hey, the fear, right? Those, those, like, uh,
1: what, what you're, what you're uh, describing there is still, because it would prevent situations where guys like, uh, uh, the dude, Lil Boat, Will, would, would He would be more interested in his situation. You know, if he saw somebody talk about the moving parts of the affairs maybe when someone asked him, yo, what's your record deal you like? He happens. <laughs> that was you know, funny. And they wouldn't get trapped. know that's, uh, that's super real.
0: But also, Shit. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's different, I guess, when you involve extreme fame. I'm not fucking famous, so it doesn't... You know, it's different. But I do think, particularly when we go back to talking about the photo industry, I think a lot of people... Talk about not all right. This is not like just like everyone but me type. It's more like I just think that you see a lot of people who um who talk about diversity inclusion or all these things, but they don't actually show any legwork of how it mm-hmm. happens or who they talk mm-hmm. to, how they did it. Um, you know, I think the the funniest one is like when people are like. Don't hit me up to pick my brain. I'm just like, what the fuck are you? F- what, are, what are we but a library for the next generation? Like, what's the point? Right, right, you know, right. Like, right. Yeah, what, what are you just you gonna you hoard information I was and then leave? what do you say? Should,
1: should, should people charge for that time or should they chuck that up to the game? I'm not
0: charging this 18 year old who wants to get into photography, you fucking weirdos. Like, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, what do you guys <laughs> think? I
1: have no problem with you. I, just, like, I, don't, it, I struggle with it. I'm one of those weirdos at times. I know that there are people that they don't. They just want to hear or see you do it and hear you and hear you as you go through it. And I think they do that for a multiple reasons, but mostly because they want to see if it's something that's worth them doing. That's or they yeah. Want that's true. Bro, I've, I've seen. No, I feel I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Through, I'm like, and, and, and that kind of thing for me, I think at a certain point. It's weird because I'm also a believer in those who don't do teach and I've always been a better teacher than I'm, I'm a better teacher than I'm a better doer I, just, I, I put myself I, in addition to doing I'm just a good translator of
0: ideas so I yeah. find myself It's a skill set discussing It's a, it's just, a full, full on skill set Many people can't explain things to other people But I also think in terms of the idea of like uh, these kind of situations where it can drain you in terms of like sharing information right. Just do it on your own terms, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So, like, my like, for example, <laughs> is I just, uh, I was just doing a job the other day and I had an assistant who's a uh, younger assistant. She's trying to, like, just kind of get back into foot- photography industry and stuff. And um, I was explaining to her, it's like, for example, if you uh, need me to look at something, it's not that I'm offended you need me to look at something and give you my perspective. It's like, it only gets offensive when you're like, hey, can you just buy Friday? It's like, wait, well, hold on. <laughs> Like you know, like yeah. I think a lot of people do that. They've set these kind of terms of like, can I learn at my pace on your time? Yeah. That's yeah. that's the, the issue. Is, I totally understand. Uh, no,
1: that's, uh, I can see that. There's one too. What it's the it's it's the questions that they don't realize they're asking that I'm also asking. Like I'm mm. the same boat and, and you're me up to try to figure something out, or like, or it'll be like. I'll have something set up where I'm like, "Well, this is how much I charge to teach these kind of things. This mm. is specifically what I teach." And it will be like, and they look at the numbers and they say, "All right, well, he's pulling what I know what I'm doing." And they just look at their numbers and they're like, "I'm not gonna pay that." Let's like trade, and they'll find something that they can do. It's mm. like, don't, but then they'll think that what it is that I know is like not worth a damn. So the value that they're giving back is like not much.
0: Oh trade. yeah, fuck that. And then
1: it becomes like a. Yeah, those are the hardest ones because those are usually where you're trying to, like, work
0: relationships with. Well, listen, you know, there's a difference. I do think also when we're talking about people who are trying to uh, get into something versus someone who's already kind of you know, these are all different, you know, there's just all nuanced in that way, obviously. So it's not yeah, always that. Yeah, yeah. I think that if someone wants to pick my brain, who's also another working fucking photographer, that'd be kind of weird. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if they're black, I'll probably entertain it. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Um, but also it's just like, I, I think for me too, is like, it's plenty of bums, but there's a lot of people who aren't, you know, it's like, it's like if someone is like a dickhead in that scenario, that sucks, but there's plenty of people who also would totally reciprocate. You know, it's like it's just kind of—I don't know. I, I, I think, think I, mean, I just like take I it as a personal l. Have, yeah, no, I think about. I, I work every day on trying to, try to keep an optimistic mind. Yeah, but also it's like you know you yeah, <laughs> got I guess I also like if you're not good to read a character, I can see how that just fucking.
1: I'm very gullible. I'm gullible. I mean, you're not ni- You're just shooting. not. You're the I nicest guy.
0: That's what it is. Yeah, you funny to you very well. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a thing. but that's also oh, why I don't shoot. judge. I don't think I necessarily, I don't necessarily judge anyone who kind of, uh, for example, like someone who might post a, like something like, "You can't pick my brain unless you pay me." Like, I don't necessarily judge it. I'm just kind of like, I hope that's only about grown ass people who want to be. You know, it's just like I hope you're not thinking that you know, about like you a know, 19 I year do, old. You know, seen like, about, it's not the I cut the circle smaller. It's the ones that are like there's posts.
1: to post going around now too. that's like. One bad vibe. If I catch one bad vibe, I'm, I'm out. You know, or like,
0: what's that even mean? Odd. What's that? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't get that. I but know, sure,
1: man. I, I, as a person who leaves events when I don't, I don't want to be there. And as a person who yes. don't like going out, I get the core concept. But when you're in a person of put in a position of power or a position of information, it it kind of makes you like. You're like presenting this social air of inaccessibility. And I think mm. that that's like fucking new sunglasses.
0: Right. But and I also think easy that easy. if you set the tone of transparency in the way you talk about things, mm-hmm. you don't feel as guilty. Like, if you're someone who's successful but don't tell anyone or show anyone how you're successful, there's gonna be a lot of people who are like, Hey, I love your work or whatever, I wanna reach out and learn more from you. Mm. And you're gonna block them off fine what that's your business but it's like if you're a transparent person who's like this is how this happened you should hey i did you know i saw a photographer recently she did like this panel this like panel discussion and i thought it was so smart like in the like description things are like hey like i've been i've been going to this for two years and now i'm a speaker like oh you know like that feels so great whatever um and she wrote like kind of in the um in the caption of of her instagram post was like I met people who later got me, like, she was just like, this is a move, like, come fuck with this place, like, yeah. and I think there's is things like that where I'm just like, that's what actual accountability of just, like, transparency is, like, that, that's what you do for each other, Like, like, now it's on, now it's on your plate to go, like, oh, you know, if you make up an excuse why you can't go, that's your business, but if you're just, I think a lot of people, particularly in kind of this, like, era of, like, diversity and whatever, all these hot words, a lot of people use that as their brand, but they don't actually they don't want diversity. They just want to get put on. Right? You
1: mentioned diversity a couple of times. Are you? What do you mean when? What do you mean when you say people say that they uh, are like a kind of like a spokesperson for diversity?
0: Well, I think like, it's
1: like are they referring to like like hiring more black people?
0: Oh well, yeah, I think right. that there's plenty of people who are like in you know marginalized people who are in positions where they're doing well and they rep- you know mm-hmm. in their mind they represent said marginalized group. But I'm so just like
1: marginalized. So the person in the position of power is the minority as well.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess right. So it's like, is it rather rather than someone in the person position of power is the minority, it's the person who's finding success in an industry that doesn't. So let's say it can be something that's like you know women in a male dominated industry, uh, person of color in a white dominated. So it's like whatever, right? Like the marginalized body in that space. I think a lot of people are using that point as like. Look what I'm doing as a person who's not usually here, but they're not actually so doing the work to leave the door open behind them. I don't think. Um, that's, a, that's a tough one. So what is it, right? It's that's, like that's, if you're really out here saying you more, yo, I'm the first black person. Da da da. This is great. We finally this or that and a third. It's like, are we looking to get one? Or are we looking to make it the average? You know, even out the average. Yeah. Like, what is really what you're trying to say? Because it doesn't seem like you really care about averaging anything out.
1: <laughs> how do you feel about singling out when they are like doing opportunities how do you how do you feel is is a good decorum in a situation where there is a minority situation and the persons should, should they or could they or is it is it smart to be like hey i'm looking for black people for this opportunity i'm looking for a minority for this is it is it like he, i don't say should it be okay i don't think we're the rule makers do you think that that's a, a decent way to approach it or should there be some like, should it be more low key or, or how should it happen where you're looking for it filling that up? Because at the end of the day, it's like, let's say for example, I, I do, a, a, um, like I, I've done this, I've done like a like remix contest or some rap contest. You know? And then my submissions coming in will be all white people and then all of the DMs I get are black people saying, yo, this is dope, I'm gonna submit. And then at the end, no black people submit and the white people submit. And it's like, I can't say, yo, <laughs> only oh, black people submit, you know what I mean? Like that, 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 that happens, it's happened. So I wonder, something happens with companies that I work with too, where they're trying to figure out, they, they wanna diversify, but how do you diversify in an environment without making it look weird? Like how do you say we're trying to get more of this to
0: well, I think the, I think well, first and foremost, when you're talking about, like I'm like for example, like uh, I hire like when I need a photo assistant, like I make it like when I text people and stuff, like, do you know any black or brown photo assistants? This is just you a, say that yeah, I just say it because I don't think that it's and anyone who has a problem with that, I'd be like, well, you only hire white assistants, but no one says anything, so <laughs> you know, so it's you like it on
1: your Facebook, would you like post it? Yeah, I, you,
0: like, I if you look through it, you probably could found that like um i i don't think it's weird because to me it's not weird because there's just not that many so it's like and the only way there's going to be more right so like for example if i hire you know x amount of black assistants and they become really good at it and then they have a little homie who's interested in it like oh don't worry i can try to get you on a job like that's how that's the only way things change right it's like creating a network Rather than looking at individual successes, you have to look at it as our networks being created, right? How does anything work? Nepotism in this fucking world, right? So it's like you have to create a network where people can bring people in rather than one time. You know what I mean? So it's like when I say I want a black or brown assistant, it's not like... It's it's less about the individual person I'm bringing into the mix. It's more like, oh, the more of these people I hire, then the more their network can gain from that, too. Okay, now this person became a successful assistant. If that little cousin from so-and-so from where, wherever is interested in photography, they're like, oh, like, get on this job with me. We'll figure it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only way any of this shit works. That's how generationally it works. That's, oh,
1: man. Fuck. Fuck. I get, I get. like, I get pumped oh, because when I hear that, I, be- I believe it. And for some reason, the type of black dude that I am feel like makes me feel so small when compared to how many different stories, how many different Black stories exist. Because I know that a there's lot of a them. quote, Black narrative, and I know that my opinion isn't necessarily, I'm not say in tune with the Black narrative, but it's almost like, because my opinion differs from majority of black people on a lot of issues. It's almost like my narrative no longer is the black narrative. So, and, and what I guess, what I'm trying to get at is, um, you were talking about...
0: But, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I think, it's, I think it's important to think about those, like, and I think, again, this is kind of something that, this whole kind of era of, like, whatever we're in right now, like this fucking woke era we're in, where people are trying to imply... Their perspective is the black one, the monolithic like black perspective. Sure and I think it's not t- to the point that you're making of like how you felt. You feel little in that conversation. I think a big part of that is because a lot of people or things that are getting attention are implying that they represent a monolithic like I am the black this or whatever, right? So it's like I don't think I think it's like weird. I weird. I think weird is the right word. Like I I think it's weird how we talk about blackness and not all of us not everyone not a lot of people but it's just like right, right. it's just it's easy to grasp onto for like old white guys with money so it's like what we keep getting shoved in our face is like these very one note things about whatever mm-hmm. but it's okay for your like you're naeem first and through a black lens right so it's like not a black dude going through naeem's lens does that make sense? Um, like you're you first, yeah. but then it's through a black yeah. lens, like, and I think yeah, it's, it's just
1: it's it's like uh, it's just coincidence that I'm a black dude in this situation. Well, it's, right? or rather, it's like
0: there's the things country. that you experienced because you're black that then will shape the naive thoughts, you know, as it goes through it, right? Like, yeah. and it, I think, it, dude, it's.
1: Be mind-blowing man but I also because no, being, being I, I didn't I, I didn't grow up in the hood too much as I feel not listen most of these
0: motherfuckers didn't first of all you know what I mean like like you know what I mean like first well, of all that
1: is a big part of the black experience the struggle so what happens is that guys it's what specialize. sells what's
0: up? it's not a big this is my thing it's black trauma isn't a priority for us it's just what sells so we're being told that it like it's what sells. There's just as many happy black things out there. Th- we made jazz, motherfucker. Like, we do a lot of things that make us happy. Like, it's just like, what sells is trauma. So people act like that's our fucking thickest layer of. I don't know. But I'm also. But you know what? I want to identify. Like, I'm also Eritrean American. I'm not African American. I don't have the generational trauma of fucking Jim Crow. And you know what I'm saying? I was born in Atlanta. But still, like, I. That's
1: like. African American. No,
0: but I'm just, I'm, I was born here, but I'm just saying it's like in terms of like my parents come from a country where they know, like oh, their history, like, the actual country. yeah, so I respect maybe I'm being, you know, whatever grain of salt you need for whatever my opinion is because I respect that there's a certain type of uh, trauma that comes with being from fucking slavery that maybe I'm not, <laughs> that I'm not respecting when I say that, but I do think like we're, the easiest thing to sell is black trauma, so a lot of times we act like that's our biggest fucking. Thing, but it's like we've done, we do so much that's food, music, culture, every clothes. Like,
1: it's, it's we do so
0: much that's happy. Of all
1: the black trauma conversation, I think it's a very important conversation. I think that it's good. I think that the, it's almost like it's, Chappelle, did, Chappelle said it best. Chappelle said um, when that lady got mad at him because he had said that like black people went through something or he, he said something about women. And she's like, you know, you know, suffer more and whatever. He said, Mm-mm. he said, I suffer and you suffer, but I will suffer more and you will suffer more. And I think that that's like, uh, there's this thing where I'll I'll say, all right, you know, I'm this way because I go through these experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the voice of the zeitgeist comes back
0: and says, that doesn't count. Mm. That doesn't count as an experience. And
1: I think that that's like, that's the narrative that I kind of like, because you know, and, 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 and of course, it goes back to the Nipsey thing, and what is really happening, and what should change where, and you know, how many people are actually experiencing the gun violence, and is that really holding how many people back? And I, I, I start going down that fucking whirlwind hole. You
0: know how it be, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You do be going down those holes, but I think. Yeah. But back, you know, just to touch on that gun violence thing, it's like, it's bigger than gun violence, and always has been. Just the same way, drugs are bigger than you know, like. The opioid epidemic is bigger than people who fucking like heroin, right? It's like you have a capitalist system of fucking opioid industry. So it's like there's a whole industry built. I mean, that's what it is, right? There's a whole multi level industry that's built on keeping people in these places. So I think it's weird when we like, like we can't stop gun violence until we actually think about what this country spends its money on. You know, it's, it, it always just comes back to. Yeah, to go down and do the root. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like if you approach any of these issues, I personally believe, like you approach any of these issues with the lens that it's not being done to people, you're not going to go anywhere. Like, it's not, it's like, it's not, how do we get guns off the street? Like, it's like, oh, no, there's an active effort to keep these people violent. How do we change or burn down whatever we have to burn down? You know, like, it's just like. You heard it first here
1: on the Basics Podcast. It didn't come out of my mind. <laughs>
0: I just think it's being done to us. A lot of a lot of this is being done to us, not we just happen it's, to uh, want to shoot it's, each other.
1: It's, 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 it's respectful and honorable. I always think of what is a very palatable way you can approach and address it. And I think you doing the black hiring is a, is a very important thing. I always wonder. I, I'm always like not trying to make... Um, I like making waves, but I always some reason there's always like a couple people that I don't like to upset and it always seems to be they say don't impress people that you don't give a fuck about or something or doesn't care about you but and and I I get into this conversation with pops he's a big believer that I don't fit in in the EDM community and that's the reason why I have to gain as much traction as I want and I think that it's important for me to balance like what I want to happen in the in the industry versus not what's realistic but what what I have to make people uncomfortable, but it's like, what can really happen? Is it really, is really there's no black people in the, let's say, the electronic music industry because the culture is just separate, or is it because they're acting in hiding, or is it because they're not being let in, or is it, well, you know, how do we address that and change that? Or does it not be
0: changed? There's definitely, I mean, we black people started EDM, right?
1: But then you can't, I'm not going to go into a room of people, you know, I mean, Well, also, though,
0: it looks at... Hold on, but it's also, and I think this is across all creative industries, particularly because they're all mostly white dominated. All of them are white dominated. It's like, what are your What are your considerations of, uh, um, what are your considerations of success? So outside of financial, like, what are, you know, what tours do you look at? What tours do you look at headlining imply success? What do you, What rooms do you want to be in that imply success? And I think that a lot of times in creative industries, people look at certain spaces and say that's the definition of success i want to get there mm-hmm. but it's it's, it's a, a space or a headline or a sh- gallery or whatever that is completely culturally designed to keep you out of it right so like if yeah. if you when you say like the edm you know i don't know EDM culture enough it's like well, if, if, you, oh, if you oh.
1: you're Miami ultra you know, sure okay so you ultra
0: ultra is clearly meant for Fucked up white people, right? Like at the end of the day, like I mean, I don't I don't know well enough. I I think what I'm saying is like if you okay, so if you look at as EDM success, but that's something that clearly supports uh, a certain su- culture. Why maybe there's like a EDM more of a smaller show that happens in Chicago that's fucking mostly black people. Like if your success looks like if your success looks like your people knowing you and respecting you. Versus the industry knowing you and respecting you it'll make you a lot happier that's how I approach photography there's a lot of like i there's a lot of institutions in photography that are considered successful in photography, but I don't care about old white guys telling me i 'm good at what I do right so like yeah. like for me it's like i'd rather have the whole Eritrean diaspora know my photo of Nipsey than be in some gallery where there's just going to be a bunch of white guys and turtlenecks like i don't like that's more important to me. And I don't, as long as my family is good, as long as I'm good financially and my family's good financially, those are my meters of success. I don't, I, I've never cared about white people thinking I'm good at what I do. I don't care if they ever knew what I was doing. Like, it's just like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it depends what your meters of success are. What do you say? My natural instinct is to want to unpack
1: that more. I know because we can fucking go down that road forever. Your perspective on that. Where do you think that comes from? Is it because you Is it because you know your roots, or do you think a lot of people feel
0: that way? Or do you think like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I think it comes from two things. I think at a fairly young age, I started reading a lot of fucking amazing black shit, like in terms of what we were doing as a people. Mm-hmm. Um, at a young, which I think a lot of us do. I also just, I think we're objectively better at everything in terms of creative industry. Sorry, I don't know what else. To, I know that's a bold statement, but it's just how I feel. So to me, it's just kind of like first if that's how I feel about that, why would I care what a board of white people think? Like, I, it, it's not the math isn't there for me. So it's kind of like, that's not, my, okay. that's not my meter success. Mm-hmm. Now, are those accolades help your career? those accolades help your financial situation? Does accolades help uh, secure finances and whatever? Like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this, I associate those institutions to financial backing. And that's fine. Like, anyone who finds success in those places, anyone who wants to find success in those places, I associate it to find, like, oh, you're trying to land that bag. Like, if I see somebody shoot for some company that's fucking a bunch of fucking old white dudes, you know, it's like, oh, you secured a bag. I get why you did that. I don't think, I don't care about the cultural elements of that. Like, to me, I just don't i don't care so, about
1: so it. it's really um and it's it's interesting that it's like managing expectations for what you want your outcome to look like will help your like help it resonate with you a little more well it's like what feeds I, your
0: soul right like it's just like it's not about even managing expectations it's like what made you what gave you those expectations like why did you why did you think that was a big I deal
1: i do with you I think that, for example, let's say I have somebody like an artist that I'm into and I look up to regardless of their color, um, whether because they work with all types of music, there's good artists. And they have a bunch of good artists around them, and you're into that music. At the same time, there's a whole bunch of people as well into that music, and those people don't look like you. And you, that's great, that's fine. Everybody's into the music. Then it gets to a point where you and anyone else in that community who wants to aspire to be that. Then you all immediately look different. They all look the same. And then you look like the outlier. And I, I mean, in my opinion, I would say it's, it's, it's when you're like the one black dude and there's a whole bunch of white dudes. And not to say you want to impress these white dudes per se, but it becomes like, well, you know, getting on that show, you've seen people on that show that you respect. And I've seen people on that show that I'm a fan of and I enjoy. So it's almost like for me, getting there and getting that respect means that I've broken into that community and I've not infiltrated but just if it made a difference I've made it possible like you say for some young black kid to think yo I want to be there I want to go there give him a reason to want to be like involved with that
0: but do you even like it it feels very much like things only have resonance because we give it give it to them right things only matter because we collectively decide they matter money anything so it's like We if we all collectively think ultras matters, then yeah, it's gonna Mm -hmm. matter. But if we also all collectively decide a fucking EDM a a black EDM scene in fucking Detroit that happens, it's usually only two hundred people that like turn up to it. That's where we need to fucking go and grow and invite people to. That's gonna now become that thing you're just talking about. Like it's just like people collectively decide these things matter that white people told us to think matter, and I just don't get. I'm just like.
1: I I always I looked at I always looked at that, and I know this is where it goes back to the black narrative, and it did, whether it made me uncomfortable or not, I always looked at that the same way I looked at like an HBCU, like a sort of hmm. college where I get the concept and I get the value yeah, sure. in the environment, but it's almost like saying like, well, why don't we just go back to segregation? Like, why don't we just go back to that and not complain about that? And then, not to say we should, but it's almost like, ah.
0: That's a good point. I I feel you, hundred percent. So this is where I agree with you completely, and this is where that kind of comes in. Where I think this, it's like, and I think I differ from a lot of people uh, in terms of opinions of these type of things. It's like it's less about like our thing and we have a place where we do it. Anyone can come to that thing. It's I'm saying like recreating what we value. Uh, like the the institution uh, so of Ultra. Sure, yeah, if they good in there, you respect. But because this is the thing, right? Like to me, yeah. is this thing? It's not. If you create a space in which you're valued, you will be valued in the right thing. In my opinion, the right thing is to then create an equal space of value. If you go to Ultra or whatever, Or you go to some institution that's built on white excellence and white fucking institution. Like that's like we're the best. You guys are lucky to be here. You'll never be able to cut out a piece of that pie. Whereas if you create an actual inclusive space for yourself and you make a place where you feel comfortable and your community feels comfortable, then recreate. Then if it grows, then you grow. Like I, and, and I think...
1: You, and then you be open-minded. One of yeah,
0: me. you be better. You be fucking better is really what this is about. Like the idea that... And I think that's where a lot of this kind of conversation I do think gets distraught is like people who are like, I want a place where only black people can go. I'm just like I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is creating a space where black people are like, I'm down to go here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and not or yeah. I think I can be successful there because there's plenty of fucking people who look like me, and that's not even about blackness. That can be about uh, gender, sexuality, like any marginalized communities. Like, like, there's yeah. multiple trans DJs on the lineup, then it's like I now you're introduced. Like, it's like creative, Like, you have to res- We have to reset instead of trying to squeeze in to these places that clearly don't give a fuck about you. You see what I'm saying
1: you know, I completely see what you saying um, I think that if if anything is a beautiful point to to call this man um, that was that was that was crucial this whole this whole interview is crucial um, <laughs> Ron, man. I, I appreciate you uh, coming here. We, I have to get you back to talk about music. We have to, like, come back and have something else. To, like, we got to do this I'm together. washed, bro. I didn't
0: listen to this shit no more. I feel like I'm just, like, so left out of music nowadays. Like... You no, know,
1: well, this is, this is, this is, we, we have to have this conversation. We're grown now. We're not yeah, working that's 40, true. 10 that's years true. ago, you know? That's, it's like, I got, I'm got like i working with my little brother, and, you know? It's interesting seeing the things that at him. And things that he's into. He looks forward to and It's very interesting. But way, anyway, man, fucking... Uh, Perfect podcast in our basic concepts. Do you check out all the links? I'm gonna put uh, all types of links to Moran's down below. Uh you, you can check out his shit, explore, you know, the Instagram and all the things. Is there anything you wanna tell anybody or any place you want anybody to look? Any projects, any shout outs, you know, your mom. I'm gonna put you on the spot you got you shout outs, you got events, you got things mm, Listen, website.
0: We move in um, we move in silent like and Lasagna. You know what I mean? You'll come it'll come up when it comes up. I feel you. So, moronphotography.com. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh Instagram's moron underscore photo. M-E-R-O-N underscore photo. So, if you want to check that Thank out you. on there. It's a wrap. Yo, appreciate
1: you, man. Love appreciate you, Appreciate you. Love you, too, What's dog. Doing? Peace. And that's a cut.